Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. Today we're going to, there's no, there's no notes up here and there's no notes in there. We're going to have more of a, uh, not take notes, but some take some action time. And, and I know that a lot of times you're, you, we're used to kind of just sitting out there and just kind of listening and receiving, but this is going to be more active, uh, participatory. Uh, based on what uh, we are looking at today. But before we get into it, let me just ask this question. How many of you already know you got plans for Thanksgiving? You got plans for Thanksgiving? You got plans for Thanksgiving? How many do not have plans for Thanksgiving? Okay, if you don't already have plans for Thanksgiving, I will go ahead and offer the invitation to join me and my family. The only caveat to that is you got to drive three hours back to Grady, Alabama, and... Uh, and if you would show up like Lord, like Tuesday or Wednesday and help us at the restaurant, that'd be very, very appreciated, very much appreciated. Uh, yeah, we've got plans uh, for Thanksgiving, um, and uh, it's to go back to, to Red's little schoolhouse, which some of the guys, how many guys went to on the retreat that are here today? Yeah. All right, so I'll mention a little bit more about that later on, but we had a good time, right guys? Yeah, okay, all right, so, but we go back as a, as a family, and many of you know this, uh, all, all our kids and, and their spouses or significant others will be down there helping my sweet sister, uh, Debbie, and her staff uh, get ready to serve Thanksgiving lunch. And uh, we, you will, if you join us, uh, you, will, uh, you will have an opportunity to have a great, great Thanksgiving lunch. It's, it's amazing, however... You have to wait till everybody else that pays uh, eats, and then we'll eat after that. You good with that? You can come with us. All right, let's see me after the service. Um, the, the reality is, is when it comes to Thanksgiving, it is, it, I talk to a lot of people, and it's, it's really one of their favorite times. I mean, Christmas gets a little crazy. The significance of Christmas is obviously so much, so much greater because that's when heaven invaded earth through Jesus Christ. And, and God revealed His great love for us uh, through His Son, Jesus Christ. Uh, so it's more significant. However, uh, Thanksgiving is a little bit more laid back to where we can is just enjoy family. Uh, and for some of us, that's a, that's a, a treasure time. For others, it's like uh, you're, you're just thinking, I'm going to get through it. Because actually and honestly, being with family at Thanksgiving is not a treasure time. And, and yet, uh, we will pray for you and pray that you experience God's peace and God's grace, you know, through that. Because the ultimate reality is that God has given us a greater family uh, from which we can experience His true love and His compassion. Now, so it's Thanksgiving that, you know, we've got these plans. And how many, how many are going to deep fry turkey? Anybody? Anybody going to deep fry turkey? How many is going to bake a turkey? How many is, how many is going to buy a turkey? 
All right. How many is not going to have turkey at all? All right. You're not? All right, Chris. No turkey for Chris back there. All right. I mean, the, the reality is, and I know how it works in our family. We, you know, we, we make plans and we've got these, and sometimes we get a little bit stressed out with it, but, but it's not just Thanksgiving uh, that we have plans. Uh, we, we are inundated with plans in, in, in our life. But today is just a, a, a reminder for us as we're right here on the threshold of Thanksgiving and, and a very busy Christmas season that it's not just us that has plans. Ultimately, God has plans. And God has a purpose for each and every one of our lives. He's got a plan throughout history. And, and He is wanting to remind us today that... Uh, that you know, we didn't just show up and all of a sudden, you know, we're loving God and all that kind of... He said, Jesus even said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you because of His great grace. He has invited you into a relationship with Himself through which He is continuing His redemptive ministry. Throughout experiencing God, we are, in this study that we've been in, in this journey that we've been in together, we're reminded that God is always at work. And uh, we, over these last eight months as a body of Christ, we have very clearly and specifically been uh, seen that God uh, is at work. He's at work in many of your lives. Some, for some of us, it's a struggle, and yet He's at work uh, in order to reveal His greatness and His glory and His purpose in our life. He's at work refining us and making us more like His Son, Jesus Christ. But it's clear that He is at work not only in our lives, not only in our body, but He's at work in the world and He invites us to join Him in that. But through inviting, uh, through the invitation, that means that we must make adjustments. That we got to make adjustments in order to experience what it is that is truly on God's heart. God's heart for you and God's heart for me and God's heart for the people that desperately need to experience His love. Now our tendency, and, and we, we've been celebrating this uh, as we've talked about where we see God working, and our tendency uh, as um, you know, human beings, especially in America, our tendency is to get a word from God or to see where God is, uh, is uh, working and develop an action plan and get after it. You know, because it's pretty overwhelming. Whenever you think about what God's got, when I think about what God needs to do in my life, I'm going, God, that's a big job. When we think about what God, you know, you may be looking at what God needs to do in maybe your spouse's life or somebody else's life, you're going, woo, God, that's a big job. When we look at what God's wanting to do in the world, or in Clarkson, you go, man, how in the world is that going to happen? Well, our tendency is to, is to, to say, okay, God, we see what you're doing and we want to get after it and we want to get with it. But, but this week's study, I'll just be honest with you. How many were in week 11 this week in your groups? Week 11? You know, talked about what? What was, what was the focus? Koinonia. Y'all, we all know. What is koinonia? Help me with that. Now, this is participatory. What are, give me some definitions. What was that? Say what he said. He's okay, how, oh, Richard, he's making fun of you. So that's real fellowship. Whenever you can make fun of somebody else. Oh, that's all right. So intimate fellowship. Uh, and, you know, fellowship, I, you know, something, you know, fellowship, a lot of times growing up, I thought when we were having fellowship, that meant you bring the chips and dip, right? 
<laughs> and, and, and to sin against the fellowship was not, is to forget the chips or the dip, you know. <laughs> but no, fellowship goes so much deeper and God wants us to understand that and to encounter that, you know, within our lives. But this week's study, quite honestly, just, you know, was called for me to really pump the brakes. A new, a new glimpse at this. It really is an affront to what is often the American mindset, even of Christianity. That, you know, we get out there and we get a word from God and we go do that. But, it, but we see that God has a different way of doing it. God is very jealous about His way. And matter of fact, it is a reminder of what uh, Zechariah 4.6, where it says, the Lord says, not by might. In other words, not by force or not by human strength, not by might, but by what? My Spirit. Not by might, but by My Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. The Lord Almighty. The awesome God. And so as, as, as I was just thinking you know, through this today and just reflecting on you know, what God would have us to do and know and to experience and respond to, it just, it just really brought me back to, the, to Acts in the early church. And for us to allow Him to speak to us through His Spirit. And what we've been reminded of throughout this study is that God speaks to us through His Holy Spirit, uh, uh, by the Holy Spirit, through the Bible, uh, through prayer, uh, through the body, uh, through circumstances. He speaks to us. But we're going to allow Him to speak to us through His Word today. So, uh, again, you're going to have to get active. Acts chapter 1. Look with me. Acts chapter 1. We're going to look at Acts chapter 1, a little bit at Acts chapter 2. We're going to look at, over a little bit at Acts chapter 4. And then if you're like to you know, kind of be ahead of the curve, you can go ahead and find Philippians uh, chapter 2. We're going to look at that a little bit later on. But the, the reason for pumping the brakes is, is just an acknowledgement of, of that it is all about God and what He is doing and His great love for us. And yet, even in His love, He is not going to abandon His ways. He's not going, he's not going to, His ways will not be thwarted. So we look at Acts chapter 1, which is an account of the early church and, and a reminder for us of what it means to be the body of Christ. And, and Luke says, beginning in verse 1, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach, until the day that He was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles, He had chosen. After, he, after His suffering, He showed Himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that He was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while He was eating with them, He gave them... This command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift the Father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with the water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the what? With the Holy Spirit. And so, 
You know, here's Jesus giving these profound insights saying, okay, this is my work, my way. This is uh, my purpose in all of creation. Here's the deal. I want you not to leave Jerusalem. I want you to wait. And by the way, most of us or many of us hate to wait. Some of you are so much better at it than I am. You know, it shows up especially in traffic with me. You know, it's this, this hate to wait kind of stuff. Um, and by the way... Uh, we had a great time on the men's retreat, and uh, I'll, I, I'll allude to it one more time, but we, ha- we had some good bonfire time. We had a lot of, listen, some guys, um, some guys enjoyed them. I, I, I don't know. It, they were well fed. Let me just say this. They were well fed. I'm not sure spiritually, but but physically at Red's, uh, Red's uh, schoolhouse, well fed. We had a great time down there, good bonfire time. Uh, some of the shooting, it would have kind of freaked some of you out, but uh, we had a good, it was just a, gr- a great time. So I was looking forward to get back. I was kind of tired, and, and bless Ken's heart, he was, he, he was with me, and we kind of stayed behind after a lot of the guys, everybody left, and we just made sure everything was buttoned up. And so I'm ready to get home. We got we got three wrecks and three wrecks that were in front of us. Three traffic jams, and I was just sitting there going, "Okay, this is like my this is like my ooh, pet peeve. I don't like." And you know, you've heard me talk about ways and all that kind of stuff. Even ways couldn't have got us out of these. I mean, we're we're the front end. So just it was just ooh, hate the wait. But here's what Jesus is saying to his disciples. Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait. But wait. He goes on to, to clarify because what they do is they go, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. What are we waiting? We wait, waiting for you to do something significant in our life or restore Israel and all this kind of stuff. So we're back on top and all that. And he's going, ah, you're not getting it. He goes, in verse 7, he said, It's not for you to know the times or dates our Father set by His own authority, but here's what he says in verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In this, he's saying, wait for what the Holy Spirit is going to do. And then in chapter 2, we see, or in verse 14 of chapter 1, it says that they did that. They just trusted Him. Now think about this. Jesus, God is at work. He had sent His Son, Jesus, uh, to, to be the expression of God's love to work out the redemption of the world. And now Jesus had said, hey, I'm leaving it with you guys. Wait. Wait on the promised Holy Spirit because I'm inviting you to join me to be my witnesses throughout the world. And, and think about that. It's, it's like, like some of you, you're probably not paying attention to me right now because you're thinking what you've got to do this afternoon because you've got this long list of plans and things. And they're thinking about, wait a minute, Jesus is leaving and is leaving us in charge of the first church? There's a lot to do in order to get this first church together. I mean, we've got so much to do. How are you gonna, And can you imagine what they were doing? But he said, wait. And for 10 days... That's what they did. In verse 14 it says, and they all joined together constantly in prayer. They were waiting in prayer. 
and dependence on God. It's an invitation for us to, to acknowledge how God works. And, and, and for us, and for us, we're waiting. We're waiting for Him to do what only He can do. The world's seen enough of what man can do for God, what the world desperately needs, and what we desperately need to see what God wants to do in and through us. So He says, wait. Wait. And then, and they were waiting in them, and then what Jesus said came true. The Holy Spirit. So the very same Spirit that was in Jesus while He was on earth came and flooded them. Poured, he poured out His Holy Spirit on His disciples and they began to do amazing things and the world took notice that was around them. And Peter got up and shared the good news of Jesus Christ and who God really is, not what they thought He was about, but who God really is and who Jesus is and, and the need for them to come and to acknowledge that it's not about what we do for God or our understanding, but it's about who God truly is. And the Holy Spirit was working in such a way in chapter 2 that it says they were pierced to the heart. There was, there was something. It's, it's like there was a definitive movement in their heart. It's, it's as if they were stung by the Holy Spirit. So it wasn't some intellectual, like, okay, this makes sense, this makes sense. But it was the power of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit that was moving in their life. Um, I remember one of the, the best Christmases I ever had was whenever I got a motorcycle. I was 15 years old. And, and uh, it was uh, just right after that Christmas, one spring, I was driving down the road. And, and you know, like some of you, uh, I, I had my helmet on and all that, but we didn't have a shield at that time, and I was just singing. I was just singing. Going down the road, I was so happy. You know, I was going to go see a buddy. I was singing. And uh, all of a sudden, a wasp flew in my mouth and stung me. And what do you do when you're driving down the road on a motorcycle and a wasp flies in your mouth? Uh, okay, lesson number one, keep your mouth shut. Okay, flew in my mouth and stung me. So what did I do? I chewed him up. I bit him. I, I, I said, are you going to stay in there? I'm fixing to chew. I did. I, but I turned around and I went home. And I'm going to tell you something. My lip, my inside of my jaw, my lip swole up. I thought it was going to burst. We went to the doctor and they had to give me a shot and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and you're going, why are you telling me this? I'm telling you it's because you ain't been stung by a wasp until you've been stung in your mouth. And, and when it comes to encountering God, let me just say this. Intellect won't do it. Somebody else won't do it. Not even a good old church will do it. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. Your life, there will be an evidence whenever the Holy Spirit... And so they were, they, they were praying, they were waiting on the Holy Spirit to do that for which only He could do. We can go to churches a million times. We can sing whatever we want to, but it's the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, we see that the, because of the work of the Holy Spirit in chapter 2, there was this great movement. And then later on, we see what that did to the body, the body there in, in verse 
look with me in verse 42. As they were as they were functioning as this church, this early church in the body, it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to the fellowship, oh, to koinonia, uh, to the breaking of bread and the prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles, and all the believers were together and had a few things in common, right? No, it had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as they had need. Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts and they broke bread in their homes and ate together and glad with, with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So the, here's, here's the deal. is that This wasn't them and what they were doing. It was the Lord added. It was the, Holy, it was the work of the Holy Spirit in them as they positioned themselves before Him. But we see that the work of the Holy Spirit brings about this amazing thing that we maybe mispronounce sometimes, koinonia. Koinonia. I think this is one of the things that has the missing elements in the church today that is that has weakened the witness and the testimony is this aspect of koinonia. Honestly, as I was going through this week, it was very, very, very convicting. You look over there in chapter 4. Look over there in chapter 4. Look at verse 31. So, you know, they are committed to the body. They're committed to one another. They have this stuff in common. And and, uh, and uh, verse 31, I mean, you know, they're going out and as the Lord leads them out and they're doing stuff and then they come back together and, and, and they're celebrating what He's done. Verse 31, it says, And after they had what? Pray. Guess what we're going to have an opportunity to do at the end of the service? We're going to pray. We're going to wait on the Lord. And I, I want to go ahead and get you ready. Go ahead and get you ready. That you can pray right there where you are, but there's going to be some of you coming up here and we're going to be praying. We're going to be waiting on the Lord to do that for which only He can do in our lives and through our lives. And it may be that you're praying with someone else. But listen to this. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So this is, this is, this is not, again, not an intellect thing, not a, uh, a power thing, not a structure, not a method. This is the person in the presence of God in their life. And they spoke the Word of God boldly. Verse 32, And all the believers were one in heart and mind. Now, we, all, we already saw wherever they had this stuff in common. Now they're one in heart and mind. What does that mean? They were all one in their passion. And their first and exclusive passion was that for God because they had encountered the living God. Not information about God, but they had encountered Him. They were one in heart and love and mind. Now these people weren't, these weren't people, they weren't one in heart and mind and they didn't share all this stuff in common uh, because, you know, they were all alike. I mean, there was, by this time, you had, you had ethnic backgrounds, language backgrounds, you had all different kinds. But there was this unifying power that God and God alone can do. And it's through His Spirit. And it goes on to say, and no one claimed any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and much grace was upon them all. 
There were no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put them at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to anyone he had need. So, you know, we have a tendency just to hydroplane over some of this stuff say, this don't make sense in America. But it does make sense when it comes to understanding who we are as the body of Christ. And it does... It, does invite us to just come say, Lord, what does this mean? What, you know, what does this mean for me? What does this mean as far as the body of Christ? And, 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 and as I was looking at this, really, I, you, you see the generosity and, and we're going, man, I'm just not that generous. No, but Jesus is because He left heaven, the glory of heaven and came to earth. The Holy Spirit is. God is. I don't think it's the generosity that is so much the focus here. It is the koinonia. Koinonia. The unity. And it's saying, you, you got a need? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop. I'm going to meet that need. I'm not going to hide your plane over what's going on in your life because you got a need. This weekend... I will tell you this. We guys, we had an agenda. The men that went on the retreat, we had an agenda. We wanted to go down there and have some good fellowship. We wanted to eat. We wanted to eat at Red's. We didn't miss a meal time. We, we, that was part of the draw. And we wanted to shoot. We shoot shotguns and skeet and all kinds of stuff. It was crazy down there. I got a dump piled down and uh, back on Dream Hill that... We, we just dump everything in. There's old ovens and sinks and all, and they just bring it out here and, and uh, just just have fun and all that kind of stuff. And everybody came back a lot. And well, we're just really very thankful for that. But see, God also had an agenda. The day before, the day before uh, going down there, I found out that my sweet sister, uh, Debbie, who has provided for every one of our Christmas ban banquets, that she has, she just found out that she's got this blood disease, and I've forgotten the name. I've forgotten the name of it. It's a, it's a type of cancer, and so she's kind of been going through through this, and and it's like, well, wow, this is this is my sister, and uh, my niece called me, and she said, hey, I want you to, you know, here's what's going on, and and then I talked to my talk, talked to my sister the day that I got down there, and she was sharing this with me, and you know, and we were like, okay, let's let's find out what this is. But then God just kind of convicted me, and said, you know, hey, you can do a lot of research on this stuff. You can spend a lot of time, and you probably want to, but don't let that be your first response. Let your first response be pray to God. Who is the giver of life? God who is the healer. And so, around the bonfire, uh, on our first night, and it was pretty chilly, and according to some, it was a pretty nice bonfire, but Brett, Brett's not here, is he? He thought it was kind of a winnie bonfire. But I thought it was a pretty good bonfire. So I don't know what kind of bonfire he has, but we were sitting around the bonfire, and we were, we were, just, we were just sharing some stuff. And John, is John here? I'm going to pick on John. Turn up, say not here. Um, uh, but, you know, John was just sharing, hey, you know, 
as we look in the Bible, we don't know what God's plan is, but the woman who touched the hem of Jesus' garment, she had faith and and she was here and she was here. He has the power to do it if he so chooses. And so the next morning after my sweet sister cooked us breakfast, uh, there was the guys had spent the night, you know, in different places, and we showed up at the restaurant when they get, they provided us a room, and we were in there, and there were some guys that came showed up, and it looked like they had some rough nights. I'm telling, it's like, whoa, you know, did you, did you sleep at all? It's like, please go take a shower, do something. I don't know, but here's all these rough, gruff guys, and I'd gone back and I said, Deb, Deb, I said. Can we pray for you? And she said, absolutely. And, and, and so she's busy, busy, busy. And so I said, when's a good time? She said, you just let me know. And she came, and, and she came out and, and shared just a little bit. And then all these rough, gruff guys got up. And it was just, the picture to me was just absolutely beautiful. Uh, every one of these guys is coming up and gathering around and just, just, laying hands and just praying for and and in that moment that was just that was a picture of hey lose my agenda lose this uh, hey let's focus on what god's doing and where he is at work and it was just a beautiful picture of koinonia and it goes so much it goes so much deeper than that and yet it's in these passages that i think that what god is helping us to understand is that it's only by the power of His Spirit and He chooses to do it through unity, through a body that is united. Listen to this passage. Flip over to Philippians chapter 2. Here's what Paul says. If we just allow God just to speak to our hearts, He will, he will reveal to us, you know what? What, what, what I am doing completely dispels selfishness. It is selfless. You know, what I am doing uh, completely, completely brings about a sense of unity and oneness that will, as Jesus says, and this is how the world will know that you are my disciple, is that you really love one another. Here's what Paul says. Verse 1, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. Having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Let me just hit the pause button right here. Everything that he's talking about, I will tell you that in and of myself, it's just not going to happen. No. Desperate. For the need of God's Spirit, the very same Spirit that was in Jesus, 
to have absolute sway in my life. Who, verse 6, being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made Himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, He humbled Himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted Him to the highest place and gave Him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. We see God's heart is that we would come and to experience His awesome and radical love. The love that is demonstrated through Jesus Christ, but is only experienced through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. God is at work. There's a lot going on in your life. There's a lot going on in the lives around you. But I think His message is this. Listen, I'm going to accomplish this not by might, not by force, but by my Spirit. And I choose to do that through a body that is united. Through a body that says, you know what? I'm not going to let anything out. I'm not going to let any view, any possession, any... Uh, stands any background stand in the way of being one intimate because as we as we've been reminded day after day this week you know we can't be in right relationship with God if we're not right with one another and it may be that there's there may be that as the Holy Spirit just pours himself out on you and us today that he encourages you to go to someone or maybe pray with someone, or ask for the prayer of someone. But today, what I want to do in, in these moments, and if Matt, if we could just have a little um, guitar background, is to get us not to, again, you didn't take no notes, so let's take some action. And I want to invite you right now to pray and say, God, Holy Spirit, what, what does this mean to me? What do you want to do in my life? What do you want to do in our church? How do you want to use me as part of this body to demonstrate my commitment not to self-interest, but to the interests of others? God, what do I need to do in order for Your Spirit to have absolute freedom in my life and in the body here so that You can use us so that people that we come into contact, I come into contact with, but come to know the sweet name and the sweet love, the amazing grace of our great, great Father. So let's wait together. Would you join me? Some of you can come here and let's just wait together. Some of you where you are, let's just pray and waiting on the Lord. to continue to to pray and and to ask God just to just move by the power of his holy spirit but also to reveal uh, to you anything that may be hindering or quenching you know his presence and the fullness of his presence maybe in your life or for that matter 
even for the body here, because our heart and our desire is to be one in spirit and purpose, to be one in heart and in mind, so that He has absolute freedom to not only bring about His glory here, but to do a great and mighty work as He did through the early church to where because of their faithfulness and their obedience and their commitment, they came as a gift of the Holy Spirit. The radical transformation of thinking and mindset about one another that many, many people came to know the love of God. Today, if you... You're here, and I mean, you may have done a lot of church, and you and you may have know a lot about God, but but you you've never you've come and surrendered to His amazing love and His lordship. Today, if you felt that sting of the Holy Spirit, that conviction of the Holy Spirit, that is His love and His call to you to say, I love you. I've got a plan. I've got a purpose for your life. Do you believe it? If you do, he says, if you believe in, in him, that he is the son of God, the savior of the world, and that he died for the forgiveness of your sins. And he came to give you life. If you'll just confess that and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will know him and you will be saved. Open your door, the door of your heart right now and just ask him in. There's no formula, there's no magic words. It's just a, it's a posture of your heart and your soul. So I don't understand it, but I feel you're called in my life today. Jesus, help me to know you better and love you more. But thank you coming in my life today. Lord, we thank you and we pray that as a body, we too would continue to wait on you so that through what you're doing in our lives and in our body and, and the connection of our great, the greater body of Jesus Christ, that you're glorified. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. I want to thank you for uh, just waiting and I want to say that we're not done waiting. Continue waiting on the Lord uh, this week. I want to invite you to do that. And if there, as you're waiting, if there's something that God really put, puts on your heart, let me know. You know, give me a call. Uh, shoot me an email. Uh, talk to one of the elders. So our desire is that we continue to join him in, in what he's doing and to see uh, his amazing love. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week.